literally lifelong. That's and not really literally lifelong, right? So let me no. clear that up. Poor <laughs> uh, to save day in the hospital next to each other. That's yeah. I mean, not far off, actually. Not, not far other. off. I think I have this mental image of like both of your mothers walk out of the hospital side by side, and there are these two little babies like swaddled up, and you both reach out and high five each other. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to 321 Lay On Podcast, the LARPing Enthusiast Podcast, the LARPing Passion Podcast. Uh, just some people who like LARPing. That's where we are here. And uh, we like to LARP, we like to learn about LARPs, and we love hearing about new LARPs especially. So that's what we got going on today. Uh, but first, uh, joining me is Evan Ruby, my brother and fellow LARPer. Can you get LARP in there one more time? LARP, LARP, LARP. Okay. <laughs> and of course, Joseph Gaffney, the best LARPer I know. Wait, we're talking about LARPing? <laughs> if you haven't heard yet, I don't know how you would come across this podcast if you weren't into LARP, but anyway, you're in for it now. It's too late. There's no turning back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we are excited today uh, to get to talk to some of our friends. Uh, that we've met through Frontier Dawn, and they're going to share with us their new LARP coming out called Never After. And joining us today is Zach, Andrew, and Walter. How are you doing, guys? Hey. hey. Hello. Thanks for coming. We're excited. Uh, so are we. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to hearing about it. Uh, you've been active on Facebook a little bit, sharing a little bit of the rules and a little bit of the, the setting and whatnot. Um, so anybody on Facebook can can check that out. Um, we'll get more into that, how to get some information. But first, let's hear a little bit about uh, yourselves. Tell us kind of your who you are and your role and maybe how long you've been LARPing. Go ahead, Zach, start us off. All right. Uh, I'm Zach. I am the director of this crazy fever dream. Uh, I've been LARPing about 12 years now, I think. Um mm-hmm. I started off at a game called Night Realms, and uh, from there I've gone to uh, Dystopia Rising, a game called Haven, which no longer exists, a game called Legacy, which no longer exists, uh, Frontier Dawn, of course, which is where I met you guys. Currently exists. (laughs) Um, uh, Several others scattered around the uh, New Jersey area, which has a, a lot to choose from. Yeah. My name is Andrew. I've, uh, I've been, I'm... Wow. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I've been LARPing for about seven years. Um, started a game called Viridian Chronicles. Uh, actually, um, you guys you guys have talked to Pete on the show before, right? Pete Rooney? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was on uh, last episode. <laughs> we actually started LARPing together. Um, oh, nice. Started with a conversation over, uh, I think we were at a Ruby Tuesdays. And he just he just said, like, hey, I'm going to be doing this thing and going to a Girl Scout camp over the weekend and going to beat people up for fun. I'm like, that sounds like a good time. So sign me up. Yeah. Started that. I haven't really looked back. Uh, kind of like kind of like Zach. I kind of been really all over uh, North, South Jersey, ton of different games over the over the course of my LARPing career and kind of been bouncing around back and forth. And I just, you know, started a couple of years back and just haven't stopped. Haven't had any reason to just been fantastic so awesome and walter we uh evan and i don't know you so yep. tell us about yourself <laughs> you have uh, the heart job <laughs> yeah uh i am my name is walter and i have been larping for about 16 years now i am wow. another one of the assistant directors for never never after um i started way back at a game called uh the avatar system or the nexus which uh was a parlor larp um, started by the same people who run the double exposure conventions here in New Jersey. Back in the day, it actually used to have its own weekends where they would rent out hotel space, like oh, a wow. convention, kind of like a mini convention, but it would only be the one LARP going. Um, wow. Yeah, they, they don't do that anymore. They still run the game. I haven't played in a long time, but, uh, but that's how I got my start. And then I started up Night Realms, which is where I met Zach uh, back in 2010. And it's been a crazy roller coaster ever since. Night Realms was my first buffer LARP. Uh, and then I have since played a few others Dystopia Rising, Doomsday, out in Pennsylvania, 
and a couple of others, as well as some other parlor LARPs, uh, such as Far, Far Away, which started a couple of years uh, a couple of years ago at the conventions, which is a Star Wars fan LARP, um, oh, cool. and uh, various other projects. Awesome. Uh, and I actually uh, want to mention, because I think we, we all forgot to put this out there, um, that we all do, uh, or we all have um, staffed various aspects of LARP. Yeah. Um, I write for a game called Catalyst, which is down in Maryland. Uh, Andrew does content for them as well. And did you did you do content for Exile? Uh, I have, my, my, my staff relationship with Exile is a little, I'm kind of staff, but not staff at Exile, right, so that's okay. the way to put it. Uh, I'm, I'm one of their veteran players, and oftentimes do help kind of pull the load there. But as far as official staff capacity, not quite. And then, uh, Walter, I know you do a lot of uh, content for Night Realms. Uh, I don't know if you do it anywhere else. Um, well, I wouldn't say I do a lot of content. I'm actually ramping up how much content I do at Night Realms uh, currently. Um, but then at the other games that I went to, uh, I was I really just acted in more of a martial capacity, you know, just running the logistics of things, and that was pretty much it. So not really a whole lot on the content side of, for any other games. Quite a background you guys share. That's a, a good pool to use, I think. <laughs> and uh, any other people on staff are helping out? Uh, yeah, we've got uh, four other staff members. Um, oh, cool. We have uh, Evan Dietrich and Tori Kranz, uh, who kind of tag team. Uh, Evan does rules, Tori does... Uh, story and uh, they work incredibly well as a team together. Um, they've been invaluable in in developing the rules uh, yeah. and the and the world of this game. Um, I have uh, Sarah Welsh who is uh, my costumer. Uh, she does a lot of makeup too, and uh, Chris Gardner who is going to do all the technical stuff, uh, lighting, sound, things like that. Nice, pretty well rounded. How long have you all been kind of working together? On, on this in an official capacity for the project probably sure. what like a better part of a year officially oh uh, yeah probably about yeah. that um the project itself has actually been in zach's brain cage for about <laughs> what what would you say about 10 years about 10 years roughly yeah, um, yeah nine or ten. i started helping him develop a bit more about seven years ago and the uh the, the way this all came to fruition was um about a year ago today um um, if you guys don't know, uh, Zach and I are roommates, and we're just hanging out, talking, and he mentioned something about a, you know, this LARP concept that he had, but he wasn't sure if he can go forward with it, and there were some logistical issues, and I basically just said, yeah, but why don't you do it, though? <laughs> and here we are a year later. Uh, yeah. Sometimes that's all you need. Stars yeah. align. Andrew shoves him in the place. Yeah, that's why I'm here. Do it. Do it. You won't. Facilitator. I am. Responsible decisions and sarcastic commentary is about eighty percent of what I bring to the staff this game. I like it. He's not wrong. (laughs) And this will be um, one of the games from Eternal Pizza Party Productions, correct? That is yes. And so I know you guys are involved, but uh, just briefly, that process um, basically said. Hey, can we be a part of this? And they were like, "Sure." Or that was just important to you that to you become part of it, or how'd that work out? Well, uh, so you guys know um, the guy who uh, started up Eternal Pizza Party, Josh Yoder, is has been a lifelong friend of mine. I really love what they do. I really love how they uh, how they work with charities. Mm-hmm. And and Frontier Dawn just knocks it out of the park with their production value every time. And so I'm, I'm really hoping to learn a lot from them and, and you know, take some pages from them in how we run our events. And it'll be uh, like a charity-run nonprofit game as well? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Eternal Pizza Party produces events like LARPs. Uh, they, they have a uh, kind of a Ren Fair yeah. yard sale kind of mm-hmm. thing called Hark. Yeah. Um, number of other community events as well, just... And how that how that works is uh, at least one third of the proceeds needs to go to a charity of your choice. Uh, now we don't have anything official yet, but I have been talking to someone from a charity called the Cancer Hope Network, uh, and they seem very amenable to this. So okay. kind of once we get the logistics aside, I'm fairly certain we're going to be working with them on this. Yeah, so much more excited than we could have hoped, honestly. Oh, nice. Um, 
you know, you get in contact with a charity and you're like, hey, could you, um, can we work with you for this nerd thing that we do? And we were kind of expecting to get a couple of doors closed, but it, it was it was basically like the first group we reached out to was was very excited about the idea, really into it. So we're we're pretty excited to see how it goes moving forward. Nice, cool. Let's um let's get a little bit of backstory. So you mentioned it's been your idea um for a long time. Do you remember kind of that first spark or the very first idea that I had was kind of miles away from what it looks like right now. Um, but I was I was really getting into uh, urban fantasy at the time. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't it be real, really cool if we could get a, a setting where a lot of classical fantasy elements were, kind of, were hiding uh, in the modern world or had adapted to it. Uh, mm-hmm. So, for example, dryads instead of... Uh, instead of being bound to trees, we're bound to skyscrapers or, or other notable buildings or structures, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of idea. And I chased that for a little while, and at the time, uh, what I knew in terms of LARPing was entirely um, boffer LARPing, where you go out in the woods, you, you know, rent a Girl Scout camper or what have you. Mm-hmm. And the more I, I thought about that with this idea, the more I realized kind of the draw of that idea would would have to take place in a city uh, and so I, I kind of inverted that to well instead of bringing fantasy into the modern world what if I brought the modern world into a fantasy world and that's it's kind of gone from there and then you mentioned a year ago you really started working on it but then Walter you mentioned about seven years back kind of what's the sort of timeline of working on things <laughs> it was kind of a slow burn um, sure. leading up to the last year where seven years ago like I said um, you know him, him and I were getting closer as friends because of Night Realms um, and we were hanging out one day and he pitched me the idea you know very kind of a broad idea but it was something he had already been working on um, you know rules wise and such uh, told me essentially what he just said you know bringing uh, modern people to a fantasy world and you know seeing what that was going and I was like hey that's cool you know I'd be happy to help you out if you if you're if you if you'll have me and uh, and it kind of just shot off from there we just over those many years every now and then like every I would say what Zach a couple of every couple of weeks one of us would message the other like hey what about this idea hey what about this mm-hmm. idea so yeah uh, sounds about right just kind of grew and then as Andrew said you know the last year we all just kind of buckled down and decided hey let's get this done yep nice. this project has gone through uh, several different uh, kind of groups that have been producing it Walter has been on every single one of those okay actually Josh and Danny uh, were, were helping develop it for a while and then it uh, you know life got in the way several times and uh, then they got involved in Eternal Pizza Party and Frontier Dawn, um, but they have been incredibly supportive. Oh, yes, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever worked with <laughs> with a better group of people just in terms of immediate like answers and support and general help in getting the logistics of all of this settled. Because, okay. oh boy, the logistics of running your own LARP. Um, <laughs> don't, you think you know. You don't know until you look into it. It's um, it's a lot, and being able to have that kind of experienced helping hand has been vital in the process. Awesome, quite a quite a journey, but these things often are, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Cool. Let's talk about the game itself a little bit. Why don't you give us uh, like a real quick, you know, paragraph elevator pitch? What <laughs> exactly is? You know, hard to do, right? But what exactly? If someone said. Uh, you know, I heard about your new LARP, Never After. What is it? So, Never After is a LARP that brings people from the modern world, as we all know it, and pulls them into a world of monsters and magic and heroes and twisted fairy tales. And then just kind of says, survive. How, how, do, you, how do you handle this? What kind of what kind of secrets can you unlock? How are you gonna live in this place? Can you get home? Is that gonna be the 
I mean, again, don't uh, share anything you don't want to, but is that going to be kind of your main objective at first? I mean, um, that's... that is that is entirely on the player base, honestly. Okay. Um, we are, I mean, not, not to speak for the rest of the staff here, but I would like to think we, we're approaching this from a very player's first perspective. Uh, we are willing to chase whatever plot line or whatever objectives the players set in front of themselves. So if they want to chase after ideas of how do we get home? How do we get out of here? Um, we, we will try to supply that kind of content for them. Um, if there's other things, if, if people want to delve deeper into the mysteries of this kind of strange world where myth and fantasy seem to coexist with each other and they wind up meeting it on a daily basis, if they want to delve more into figuring out how all that works, then mm-hmm. they're more than happy to supply that. It, it really depends on what the players want to do with their time. Now, I don't know if this is, as I was looking through some of the rules and stuff last night and thinking about it, um, I don't know if this is something you're going to wait until the game kind of starts, but I guess, so what happens as soon as people show up? Are, do, are they aware of what just happened? Was it like going to sleep and waking up? They are, we can't talk about most of what's going to happen uh, event one, like actual event one, um, mm-hmm. because there are some very <laughs> surprising things that we have in in store um, yeah, right but, off the bat yeah oh yeah right off the bat but what we can say is that the characters will not expect to be where they end um it's just mm-hmm. going to be a total for lack of a better phrase culture shock at one moment they're going to be you know living their lives in the modern world the next moment they're going to be standing in the woods and they're not going to know what happened how they got there anything like that and then Stuff will happen. <laughs> okay. Um, cool. We we haven't we haven't released the kind of exact uh, what exactly what the characters perceive uh, going from one world to another. We do have some ideas about that, and and those will come out within a couple months at most. Okay. Uh, probably more like a couple a couple two or three weeks. Yeah. Um. But it the. The beta event, which is going to be our first canon event, will start more or less the moment that these characters enter this world. So, suffice it to say, every character or player that plays this game is going to come from the modern world. Nobody's yes. going to be able to come from the fantasy world. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, and I guess my questions were kind of in the vein of like how to prepare or how to... You know, what do you show up at? Do you show up in your regular clothes or do you um, <laughs> make a costume? Effect- or? Effectively, uh, my advice, well, I've had a couple of questions about costuming come up. And effectively, my advice is since you're a person from today's you know modern world as we know it, um, dress in what would be effectively a modern day outfit appropriate of the character that you've crafted. Um which obviously, as far as costuming goes, you know, maybe a little bit easier than, than ordering a tunic online or something. But you know, if somebody wants to show up in jeans and a t-shirt and a pair of sneakers, that is a hundred percent on brand here. Interesting. Oh, cool. Yeah, I like it. Something different, it seems. So I've I've actually had a, a relevant question posed to me uh, that I want to bring up um, yep. in terms of things like uh, weapons, armor, things like that. A yep. lot of people have you know a stock of latex uh, swords or they have their own chain mail um, and they are absolutely welcome to bring that. I can't go into the reason for this but uh, if, if someone were to want to come to our game they should bring whatever weapon or armor or shield they would want to use as their character and there will be a way that that will be possible even if it's it's something that they never would have seen before like a battle axe mm-hmm. what about uh, modern weapons like uh, a nerf gun looks like a pistol or something so uh, from, a, from a rule standpoint we're not doing uh, nerf guns yeah, okay um, once again there's there's some lore concerning this that I can't get into <laughs> sure. Um but from a rule standpoint, we, we don't do nerf guns. Yeah, we just don't. We won't be doing guns just in general. Um, like I know a few games, quite a few games now are using nerf guns. Some are using uh, percussion cap guns. Um, you know, but we will not be using any. Of them. 
years. So, and again, lower reasons why not, but it's a blanket statement. Not yeah. really, not touching any of that. Sure. With that being said, however, involving the whole firearms concept, if it would make sense, like I, I, we've had a couple of people ask this, if it would make sense for your character to have a firearm on their person, you are more than welcome to bring a combat safe fizz rep of that weapon as far as what that does, how that operates, uh, find out at lay on. <laughs> that was actually my next question. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so like if someone decided they wanted to play, um, I actually (laughs) had said on our Facebook page that I was really hoping someone would play the trope of the uh, grizzled old cop two days from retirement. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Someone someone has said they're going to do it. Right. But if someone wants to play a cop or a military person or something like that who who could conceivably have a firearm on them, you know, they can bring, like Andrew said, a combat-safe prop for that, um, but they'll find out what it does at the end. Does their first line have to be, I'm too old for this shit? Absolutely. Uh, yes. 100%. <laughs> Mandated. Required. With Within the first three things they say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, we can be a little bit lenient. Yeah, let's go to that. Um, yeah, I've seen a lot of activity in the group already. Um what are some cool concepts you guys have seen or would like to see or have come up in your head? Give people a picture of what they're going to see when they go to play. Yeah, I, first of all, before we even get into this, um, I, despite the fact that we've just recently like, even publicly launched the concept for this game, I cannot help but be floored by some of the just amount of creativity people have already put into their character conceptualization. It's, it it kind of blows me away, honestly some of the stuff we've seen because there's some really neat concepts people have come up with. Uh, that being said, we do have a couple of favorites. Uh, yeah. Um, oh yeah. One of our, one of our good friends, um, had the idea to play a drug cartel, uh, enforcer whose last memory was a DEA raid. Uh, and, and also a really kind of neat, uh, a really kind of neat concept with that character is that she, always believed that her apartment was haunted and uh, is really superstitious and really hates ghosts and uh, has said whether or not her apartment actually was haunted is entirely up to us. Yep, so we get to decide <laughs> that completely, and I love it. Um, her, her life aspiration, aside from uh, a couple of things, at least one of them, from what we've been told, is, man, I just really want to punch a ghost. And we can fulfill <laughs> that thing. <laughs> the inner out of game. Well, now I know who you're talking about. <laughs> uh, inner out of game. Uh, you would have to ask the player. It's at least it's at least in game. Maybe a little bit. Out of game. <laughs> yeah. no, 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 knowing um, her, probably a little bit out of game. But <laughs> one of my favorite uh, concepts is another good friend of ours um, from the Game Night Realms. He wants to play essentially a black metal bard. Yeah. Just yeah. come in doing the because we do have essentially a performer class. Um, called Troubadour, um, and he wants to come in where all of his performances are metal growls and mosh pits and things like that, and we are so stoked to see so it. So game for it. <laughs> um, and, and I was, if I had to choose one, um, we, we have another, uh, another friend of mine who's been talking with me back and forth about concepts that he's had, uh, has an idea for a character who's a, kind, of, um, kind of an urban explorer type, uh, likes to kind of venture through cities and look into like abandoned areas and the places you're not supposed to go and uh, supports this hobby through a fairly successful YouTube channel and Patreon nice. and um, his, his entire concept is basically I'm going to be the one to poke the bear which I'm so excited about. Uh, we, we have somebody who's willing to look into things that people aren't supposed to look into or make decisions that don't seem wise, but they'll be fun. And I, I am so stoked. He has, we have, <laughs> we have so many metaphorical bears for people to poke. It's, <laughs> uh, this, this uh, player that, that Andrew just talked about has uh, actually identified the character. He's playing as a Lovecraft protagonist, which I'm super hyped about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally on the go on, probably for the rest of this interview about character concepts I've heard that I love. Yeah. 
There's a lot of them, and and people have really been pouring just an astounding amount of just just creative energy into ideas for a game that technically isn't fully released yet. I mean, so, um, just to just to list a, a few real quick, punk rock, fire mage. Uh, like a fashion blogger, yep. uh, uh, forensic science necromancer. Uh, <laughs> that's good. Uh, someone, someone wants to play a, uh, a military cook. I know I'm forgetting some. Um, oh, there were there have just been so many in the last awesome. couple of days since yeah. we released the rule book. Uh, the, man, <laughs> the, the man who thought that he was crazy. Oh uh, yeah, someone, someone wants <laughs> to. Uh, have been in a mental institution because he thought he had powers and saw ghosts and uh, <laughs> fully intends to yell at everyone, I wasn't crazy, I wasn't crazy. Yep. Just the moment <laughs> he pops in. Uh, or maybe he is. Who knows? This is all his... well, again, that's another one of those cases where the player says, hey, that's in your hands if you want to work yeah. with that. So, so yeah, a lot of just really solid ideas coming out of the community so far. That's awesome. What do you um, attribute it to? Just, uh, you know, it's kind of more of an open system. Um, just kind of lucky you're in a creative community. Uh, I, would, I would say luck that we're in the creative community, for one, uh, is definitely a part of it. Yeah. Um, you know, the fact that, you know, we do have, between the three of us, so many friends among the various LARPs in the area um, that, you know, as soon as we went public with it, everyone was like, oh, cool, you guys are doing something. I want in, you know, and yeah. just the amount of support that we've had has been phenomenal. Yeah. I would also say that I think it, within the area, at least to some level, um, I mean, obviously luck has something to do with it. Um, it, it. It'd be ridiculous to insist otherwise. Uh, but I, I think there's also something of, um, at least as far as buffer LARPs go, Within the kind of PA New Jersey area, um, there is kind of a different genre need that we're I think we're filling pretty well. Um, that kind of uh, darker fantasy and kind of kind of uh, we've mentioned the term dark fairy tale a lot. That kind of juxtaposition of um, of darker themes and uh, kind of almost almost a level of whimsy kind of clashing against each other um, mm-hmm. is something that. I don't see a lot of games offering. Uh, so that combined with kind of the little twist of urban fantasy you get, considering all the characters are modern and learning to deal with all of these strange new abilities they have when they enter this world. Um, it's, uh, I think for a lot of people, it's an experience they haven't really had uh, yet. And maybe sure. something they didn't even know they wanted. So <laughs> it's, it's a lot of, um, it's, I think there's a lot of uh, kind of untapped creativity in that genre genre. And we've seen, just a ton of people just like unlock that immediately as soon as the concept came. To them. Sure, and I mean, and your jumping off point is maybe a little easier, you know. Like every, yeah. everybody's familiar with the current modern world and all the infinite possibilities of a kind of person you can be. So you don't yeah. have to necessarily read all the races and all the lore and you know figure yeah. out what race and whatever. You know, it's just kind of like, well, pick a person first and then later pick these skills. <laughs> I mean, exactly. You, you you mentioned races. Um, that's that's actually almost a, a complete non-issue with this game. Mm-hmm. We haven't we haven't released the rules on this, but what we have in place of that are called origins. Uh, essentially, kind of the the walk of life uh, that you come from that defines you the most. Um, Interesting. So there are things like uh, socialite, who's defined by being in a position of a lot of influence yep. uh, over. Over their particular subgroup, I mentioned that um, that fashion blogger uh, that might really fit that character uh, because she's uh, very much defined by the interaction with this uh, with this fan base. Uh, or uh, one of them is um, suburbanite, which is kind of much more defined by uh, living in a more tight knit community somewhere that people. Uh, Kind of know the names of their neighbors, where you can, you know, knock on, knock on the next door neighbor and say, "Hey, can I borrow a cup of sugar?" Now, those are origins that are carrying over from the from the modern world, and then have some sort of gameplay element or roleplay element at least. Uh, yeah, they 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 will all have a couple of advantages and a disadvantage associated with each one. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that 
what I was saying in uh, in terms of not having really to worry about race is that everyone is human. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of what what walk of life did you come from? Uh, what kind of social position defines you? Yep. And as far as any kind of pre-existing, you need to read X thing to like X chunk of lore to even be able to play your character. Um, we don't have that at all. <laughs> we um, we the way that we've kind of built this game is you know we've we've been there have been certain things that we haven't we've been very open in saying that we can't really talk about, mm-hmm. and a lot of that is as you could probably guess with the themes we're playing with, um, we're trying to kind of push this more like mystery and discovery element in the setting, mm-hmm. um, which means that initially a lot of the lore of the world isn't publicly known to the PCs. They've never been here before. They don't know how this world works. Gotcha. And we're kind of trying to push that on both an in and out of game level of um, as things are discovered, they may become more public knowledge to the PCs in the game, but it's, it's, a, it's a matter of them doing in game as opposed to doing research out of game to really kind of uh, kind of do that kind of digging. You you do as much digging as you want to. It's, it's as hard as you want to make it, basically. Interesting. Uh, now, you had kind of started to touch on the, the setting of the modern dark fairy tale um, that I noticed is in the, in the Facebook cover and sure. kind of the setting. So you want to unpack that a little bit for us? Um, I liked how you were kind of explaining it. There's darker themes, but a whimsy, um, you know, how dark we talking? How whimsical are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, when we when we say uh, dark fairy tale or uh, or twisted fairy tale is another way a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of people before us have put it. Um, you're thinking more along the lines of original grim fairy tales, where uh, you don't necessarily have the happily ever after, mm. um, where things um, where things aren't. Uh, cut and dry, where there's a lot of moral gray area. Now, I'm not saying that um, I'm not saying that that winning is impossible. I'm not saying that we're gonna throw players into hopeless dark scenario after hopeless dark scenario. Um, but there will be a lot of elements of horror worked into this fairy tale world, um, and we have we have kind of a, a few things that we want to play with uh, in terms of how dark. Our, our baseline is gonna be um, it is gonna be a little darker than say Frontier Dawn, which you guys are familiar with. Um, the understanding is that we are going to be playing with uh, some horror themes, um, but we also are gonna take a lot of steps to ensure uh, players on feel comfortable and safe on an out of game level. Mm. Um, Frontier Dawn uh, does a thing which we're going to adopt, uh, where if a mod has uh, some particularly uh, triggering content on it, if if it re- would require a content warning, uh, there will be a uh, a marshal for it in an orange headband to indicate, hey, this has something that might upset people, and they can go to that marshal and say, hey, um, I am terrified of snakes. Does this mod have snakes on it? And you know, we'd say yes or no. Gotcha. Now, that being said, of course, it won't all be, you know, dark horror. Um, we're going to have some regular, you know, kind of like uh, close to high fantasy elements, some stories uh, along those lines, you know, things of that nature. So, you know, if people aren't, you know, into all horror all the time, there will be other things to do. You know, there'll be other other stories that they can pursue other you know other plot threads that they can try to unravel <laughs> sure. um you know all sorts of things like that so we're gonna have a lot a good amount of options from the uh, from the stuff that we've worked out already yeah it sounds like um so maybe you have a not a specific audience in mind but you certainly have a certain interest that you're going to appeal to but even if not if your friend that you enjoy LARPing with isn't into that might still come and enjoy it uh, otherwise or experience something different. That's, that's absolutely the intention. Okay, cool. Yeah. Is that like she tell that friend not to go out at night? And saying, <laughs> <laughs> Don't walk alone. Well, I mean, you, you have no idea what's out there in those woods. Yeah, right. Is that sort of like something you're going to try and do like as far as like atmosphere 
kind of keep things going on like a like there might always be something out there even if it's not like a mod or like a hook um i i will say that we specifically brought a an effects person onto our staff for a reason um (laughs) we uh we definitely want to make sure that regardless of whether or not there's an npc lurking in the woods or not the uh there always needs to be this palpable sense of you are at your safest when strictly in town and the safest is kind of the key word here, specifically that last part. Um, you need to be careful and aware of your surroundings and oh boy, can it get terrifying if you're not. Sure. Love it. Anything uh, that might jump out at you that you want to share? Anything from folklore or fairy tales that we might... Well expect to see here's the thing is that we are um as we've said we have also said on the on the facebook page we are heavily heavily drawing from various folklore and mythologies from really around the world um for for a lot of our content you know yes we'll have some original stuff but um we are very very heavily drawing from folklore there will be characters that people will recognize um, from various stories and legends, you know, we of course we we can't talk about it right now about who sure. that might be, but there um, are quite a few. Uh, just just to name a few uh, sources that we've drawn from, uh, we've looked at uh, Greek mythology, Norse mythology, Slavic folklore, Japanese and Chinese folklore and mythology, North American cryptids, uh, some Venezuelan. Uh, folklore, Grimm's fairy tales I mentioned earlier, we we're yeah. absolutely drawing on those. Uh, Hans Australian Dreamtime as well. I'm yeah. sorry, what would you, would you say there? Australian Dreamtime. Yep, right. Yep. You know, various uh, mythologies, yeah, all sorts of things. And then, uh, like Walter said, we also have uh, some original content that I'm, I'm really excited about. Yeah, I think um, what's kind of important to note is I think the the important kind of uh, term here is inspiration. Uh, okay. We are there are some things that we are very directly translating of kind of one to one. This is how this works. There are a lot of things in myth that I, I think I think the term we're using is well, you got it almost right. Um, <laughs> certain things, certain stories throughout history, uh, certain creatures that have been tracked and, and recorded throughout you know time and culture. Um, I mean, maybe you got some of the details right, but maybe you weren't a hundred percent on the money, yeah. and kind of, kind of playing around with that and um, changing certain qualities and, and innovating in certain spaces. We're kind of hoping to keep people on their toes and make things mm-hmm. interesting. That, uh, you know, um, so- because you, you touched on this a little bit, I wanted to, um, I wanted to bring this up that one of my one of my concepts with creating uh, this world um, is that all of these monsters and and uh, fantastic magic and um, and in to an extent some of the the larger than life figures that have occurred in folklore and mythology uh, were in large part things from the never after that found their way into our world and people mm-hmm. experienced them and witnessed them and then told stories about them or wrote them down and over the years uh, that has turned into what we know today so it's possible uh, people exaggerated it's possible they just flat out got things wrong it's mm-hmm. possible hearsay <laughs> it's yeah. possible that over the years these stories have just mutated into something else but uh, the idea was that um, all of this all these things from folklore and from myth came from somewhere and that somewhere is where you're trapped now right. So players will. I was going to be a question that I was going to ask was like they'll recognize these these fairy tale creatures, beings, personas, persons, and uh, they, they they'll have their interpretation of it, but it won't be the exact interpretation that might be true. Right. Um, basically, um, you know, like I said, there's going to be a lot of characters that people may. Um, that may they may recognize like they may sit down at the bar in their town and next to them sits down you know a greek god or you know a cryptid in disguise or you know all sorts of different things or you know stuff like that 
and they may not even realize it at first until that being decides to introduce themselves, if they even do. Gotcha. This is kind of jumping back a little bit, but it just popped in my head, and I want to ask it. Has anybody had a concept um, where they're not, like, American or English-speaking or they're from another country or something like that? Uh, thus far, no. Yeah, or at least um, not directly stated. Dibs, dibs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually, um, I'm not entirely certain that um, that uh, cartel soldier that we mentioned mm-hmm. might be, yeah, uh, that's might, kind of a, might be Central American. That's mm-hmm. kind of a fifty. Um, that being said, we actually uh, do have a fix to language barrier. Okay. Uh, in that there isn't one in the never after gotcha. uh, is that you, you're when you're there you hear everything in the language that you're most comfortable with gotcha cool so you can literally be anybody yeah oh yeah anybody mm-hmm. from any place no it's cool i love uh the flexibility and the creativity that's that's possible um both with you know what you've allowed players to come up with and what the staff seems to be coming up with uh sounds like as dark as it might be still be very enjoyable <laughs> I guess you can guess my take on dark horror, <laughs> if I'm a fan or not. Has anyone picked Mulder yet? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Mulder, you said? Yeah, from the X-Files. Um, if you bring your own Scully, we're good. Uh, as, <laughs> I might need a Scully. I say, as, long as, as long as you're not literally playing Mulder, if you want to play the... Uh, the oh, no, I wouldn't literally play him. As no. all the crazy yeah, conspiracy no. theories, that's an excellent concept. Please take the time to file the serial numbers off, and then I think we'll be good. <laughs> I want to play David Duchovny. How about that? <laughs> hey, play an actor. There you exactly. Go. Yeah. Has anybody said uh, that they have a character idea that they want to believe or that they're from the Never After? That hasn't come up yet surprisingly um <laughs> that, that was my first idea <laughs> um i mean my i guess my um my, my only challenge to that would be how would you know about it gotcha how, uh how could you how could you believe you're from somewhere that you've never seen never heard of before gotcha i like it i mean in the sense of like fairy tales and folklore somebody believes they're like a werewolf or a vampire you know that kind of thing I mean, we, we have had someone pitch the concept of uh, of believing that they had some sort of supernatural power gotcha. um, and had been institutionalized because of it. Mm. So that is that's absolutely something that uh, someone could play with if they want to. Yep, I think realistically, as long as as long as you can justify that kind of belief with the character that you're crafting, we are absolutely open to it. Um, it's it's just a matter of making sure that's written into a backstory and mm-hmm. making sure that everything's kind of settled as far as that goes. And the key here is that word belief. Um, in the yes. real world, they would have believed that they had the you know supernatural abilities, but they wouldn't have. Um, so they can get to the never after suddenly be able to cast fire magic and be like, oh, I knew it. But you know, I I think <laughs> the um, the phrase I used is that. Uh, particularly with with magic uh, that you couldn't have had more than the barest hint of your powers and when I say that um, there are people who just feel at home on the water or there are people who uh, somehow are, are very intuitive they might mm-hmm. uh, be able to just kind of guess what people are thinking um, so things that may that very well may not be magic or might be just the tiniest grain of of that power that gets magnified, that is awakened when they enter this world. What about somebody who is like, um, it's it's like a mix match, like their character and who they are in the real world. It does, it almost doesn't make sense that they, you know, like maybe they were very um, didn't non superstitious, didn't wasn't in any hocus pocus or fantasy, very like had a regular job, regular family, and then they show up and they're like the most wizardy wizard ever. <laughs> like They will have to roleplay uh, however they like mm-hmm. to, to come to terms with all of that. Cool. I, I look forward 
to someone doing that <laughs> yeah. if that winds up coming up because that sounds like some in, some incredible role play moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we did actually have someone um, not quite along those same lines, but uh, someone who actually wanted to come in uh, playing someone who on the weekends once a month larked as a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then comes yeah. into this strange setting and actually has magical powers and suddenly doesn't know what to do with all his responsibility and just gets That's incredibly good. freaked out by no no this is this shouldn't be real this is my stress relief once a month <laughs> <laughs> nice so yeah, we didn't get into a lot of nitty-gritty rules but uh, a lot of that's online right if mm-hmm. they want to start looking through available info on classes and skills and stuff yep. and how, how that works we, we don't we don't have all of the rules on mm-hmm. the facebook page but we do have at least the first version of uh what what most games would refer to as classes we call them roads and paths uh but we have that on our facebook group mm-hmm. um and in the coming months we're going to be releasing more uh we have a uh, pre-test coming up at the end of september uh where we'll refine some of those rules and then uh in the spring we're gonna start start running our uh, our events mm-hmm. sweet how often are you guys gonna run events uh they're gonna listening? be uh once every other month okay, okay. um i i uh <laughs> i was using the term bi-monthly and then someone pointed out to me that that could mean either once every other month or twice a month so either we're <laughs> relaxed or we're crazy people <laughs> uh so it's going to be once every other month um the uh the alpha and the beta event are going to kind of throw that off yeah uh, so right there in the beginning we're going to have the alpha one month and the beta the next month and the first event the month after that and then we're we're going to slow back down to our our regular schedule. Yes. Nice. Cool. And those are already kind of, you have locations and dates and stuff or? Uh, well, exact dates, not necessarily. We don't, we don't have exact dates. Um, and we, we won't have, uh, we won't have confirmed locations until, um, until we, we can actually put in for, uh, a camp bid, uh, which won't happen until early next, next year. Um, with just the way that, Camp scheduling sure. works. Uh, the the campsite we're hoping to use is uh, called Hickory Run State Park. Uh, they have they have two sites there: uh, Camp Daddy Allen and Camp Shahakwa. Either of which would be really good for this game. Mm-hmm. I believe it's a closed group on Facebook, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, it's a closed yes. group. You have you do have to apply. Okay. Um, we're pretty we're pretty open to who gets in, but you know you do have to apply first. Gotcha. So yeah, anybody who wanted to get more info just look mm-hmm. at that and hit the request or whatever or message one of you guys or something oh yeah yeah just uh we're uh we're under the page name uh never after larp on facebook uh just search that up and you should be able to find it easy perfect as working on this project uh, i know some you mentioned staffing before um but actually kind of creating it from the ground up is that shifted your perspective on on larping i have so much more respect for people who run games no that's basically it. <laughs> yeah so, absolutely the the amount of the, the amount of dig- diligence this takes um even before we're running this like even the developmental stage um it's it, it takes up a lot of your free time and it uh it really kind of i, I don't want to say it becomes like a second job because that would be a little disingenuous but mm-hmm. it, it is it, it's it's a level of responsibility that you really aren't I, I would say not really prepared for until you really jump yeah. into it, and it hasn't been bad. It's it, it's been a great, fantastic journey so far, but yeah. it's a lot of work. Yeah, and it is. And I mean, we know a few people who it's become their first and only job. Yeah, <laughs> is running their LARPs. So sure, you know, it is so much responsibility. It is so much work and man hours and. <laughs> um. You know, when we're just we're getting in on the ground floor here for for us, so sure. you know we've got we've got a long climb ahead. Yeah, if uh, people were interested in helping, what what would help you guys out? I well, mean the the big thing is come to games, you know, experience this this crazy story we're putting together. Yeah. And I would say before that, in the immediate, um, 
I would advise uh, if they're really interested in kind of helping out. We are doing, or at least trying to do, a lot of, uh, you know, we want to know what kind of content the players want to see. So we're trying to, you know, be very active on the Facebook group, and we've been kind of polling uh, kind of general questions of what kind of myths do you see? What's your favorite thing to see in this mm. kind of uh, this kind of setting or this kind of story? So if they really kind of want to help us on the ground level, um, participating in those uh, discussions and really kind of giving their input would be a massive help. It really helps us know what kind of direction we want to go. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, and a pretty easy thing to do, you know. Oh, yeah. People no, love to share yeah. their opinion on Facebook. Yeah, just, just just yell at us for a little while. We'll get to it eventually. Yeah, and just like we were talking about before, you know, share what kind of character concepts you're coming up with, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. It'll help us be able to tailor, you know, the experience to the types of people we know we're going to see. Yeah. Do you have like a ish number of people you think are, we think this many people definitely, this people maybe, mm. at most this people? <laughs> I, I, I haven't gone through and, and uh, performed a, a count mm-hmm. yeah. based on the, the sheer amount of activity that's been on, on the Facebook group. I'm, I'm not worried about attendance numbers. Yeah, that's, that's where uh, it's, yeah, it's a little It's a little early right now to really kind of sure. guess at exact numbers. Mm-hmm. I will say the fact that, I mean, you know, we we kind of mentioned this at the top of the show a little bit, but the fact that we we just exploded in game population within a week, uh, from almost nobody knowing about this to over a hundred people on the Facebook page wanting to like at least learn about it is phenomenal. And if even half that number uh, decides to start attending the game, attending the game at least somewhat regularly, we are we're, we're going to be in a good place, I think. Nice. Yeah, that's something I'm always kind of curious about game size, you know, having sort of just gotten back into the hobby, uh, yep. trying to find my, my preference, my sweet spot, you know, and I've, you know, I've experienced a couple of different game sizes, so it's, it's interesting to me, just the different sizes, yeah. and if that's something people kind of consider, uh, especially when you have options, like in the area you guys are at, you kind of yeah, absolutely. pick what you want. No, I, I'd say that's a fair thing to consider, absolutely. Um, different game sizes have their own merits to them. Uh, a smaller population game, you know, 20, 30 people, there tends to be a lot more um, focus on individual characters and you can really get personally involved in the story. Uh, whereas, I mean, if, if you go on the, uh, I would at least say in the area, kind of the opposite end of the spectrum would be something like uh, like Night Realms or if we want to go even further, Lair, um, where well over 100 players each event and then as its own merits of really feeling like you're kind of part of this big living, breathing world. Um, so it, it, it kind of depends on the kind of experience you're looking to do, and we we're not going to know until we get there exactly yeah. what kind of uh, kind of experience we're going to be catering to. But um, looking forward to seeing what that's going to be. Nice. I applaud your flexibility and <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs> adaptability. <laughs> you guys worked out any uh, logistics outside of gameplay, like uh, how much people what the cost is going to be. Uh, are you going to feed people, you know, or bring you their own foods, things like that. We actually have answers to all those questions. Um, <laughs> we are, we're uh, still, good. we're still working on, on the demo. <clears throat> we're thinking $50 for an event. Uh, we are going to at least feed people dinner on Saturday and breakfast on Saturday. I, I can confirm that we at least have, I wouldn't say an official kitchen staff in the same vein that like Frontier Dawn does, mm-hmm. but you do have individuals who have come forward to us actually completely just out of the blue and have volunteered their services to awesome. to kind of fill something of a position like that. And uh, so so we are between that and other uh, other ideas that we've kind of been kicking around, uh, we are going to have some kind of kitchen presence as far as meals go. It helps that we have a cook class. <laughs> All right. So you're saying, be careful what skills you pick. <laughs> you might get put to work. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying there's going to be expectations, but um, <laughs> just just mind yourself. The first event has ended. It's Sunday morning. What is going through the minds of these players? What What are you hoping they're going to walk away feeling, saying, uh, looking forward to next time? Oh man. Um. Yeah. That's. That's that's a that's a tough one. Um, I guess what I want 
uh, people to to walk away from from a never after event with is 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 really three things. I want them to have at least one really cool story about something that happened, whether that was an interaction between with them and another uh, PC, or um, with an NPC, or some uh, practical effect we put together, or some aspect of the plot. I want them to feel good about what happened, even if what happened to their character was not good. And I want them to be curious. I want people to, on a personal level, I'm really hoping people decide to dig into the mystery of the Never After because we've we've written some really cool things about the world itself. Yeah, that's actually uh, to kind of jump off of that. For me, I, I would say I would say um, that aspect of kind of mystery and curiosity is. Probably one of the biggest things I, I would hope is kind of after event one, uh, kind of instilled in the players of this is very much a setting where you know it's it's kind of like a puzzle box. You peel back one layer, and there's like three more things you now have questions about. Mm-hmm. And we're uh, we're really hoping that that kind of gets people invested and involved. And it would be awesome if if we could manage to pull that off uh, each event, kind of uh, especially after the first event, walk away with that sense of that was really neat. I want to know more. And we do have uh, ideas besides the main story of the Never After, which, as they said, we're really hoping that people will really like dive into and try to figure out that mystery. We do have quite a few ideas already written for various um, long-term plots and stories that people will be able to get involved in, even even so far as, like, multi-year stories that, you know, that we'll have going on as well as, you know, each each month, you know, each plots, each each events, you know, plot, the overall, and everything like that. So, um, I, I actually do want to bring this up. Um, we have, I, I think, two or three plots waiting in the wings that are entirely uh, player-driven. Like we, we have some things that if a player triggers it, will happen. But if no one ever does, it will just sit in our, in our drive and, and gather dust. <laughs> Digital dust, yeah. Very cool. Well, any any other last things uh, before we wrap up that I didn't mention, or you were again hoping to get out there? Uh, I mean, I, I feel like we've been pretty comprehensive. Um, yeah, we hit most everything. I think cool. everything you're willing to tell us about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, close to the chest. Yeah, uh, we're, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we don't just want our player base to to have a sense of mystery we want you guys to have it too uh, <laughs> and yourselves right you know maybe maybe somebody will show up and do something you were like whoa i didn't see that coming even <laughs> i don't know what's happening at this game yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly awesome well thank you so much for joining us um you know i just love hearing about new projects and uh people putting a lot of work into it and a lot of creativity um so that's what piqued my interest right away and uh Really glad I got to hear more about it and look forward to seeing how things go. We'll have to have you back, you know, maybe after uh, your little three-month excursion into the beginning of it and let us know how things are going or yeah, talk to yeah, your players. That'd be really cool. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks. For, yeah. Uh, uh, thanks to be here. Thanks yeah. for having us. <laughs> great to hear about this awesome game, guys. Yeah. Very excited. We? Yeah, we're, we're really excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you guys think? You gonna come up with some dark modern characters that cook and throw fireballs? No, I mean the game sounds great. I really like that they're going to facilitate what their players want and kind of have that be the driving force of like how they function, like as far as the plot and the stories that they're going to tell. What people gravitate towards is what they're going to kind of like follow, and I think that's really cool. You know, like at Frontier Dawn, we do that to a degree, but we we are trying to s- tell certain stories and progress like certain things in the world. It's hard to facilitate that 100% because you constantly have to like introduce like new stories. So and see what kind of like people gravitate towards. 
Mm. Like Andrew said, you know, like we won't really know what kind of game this is going to be until we see how many people show up. And that's that's a very hard thing. That's something that we when we started Frontier Dawn, we were like, um, we're thinking 30 people. So we made a game that kind of facilitates that many people. And now we've kind of grown a little bit beyond that. And we're still able to do it because we have a decent sized staff. But it's really cool to hear that a lot of like LARPs we've talked to kind of have that focus and mindset where they're like interested in player led storytelling. And I think that's cool. Hmm. Sure. Cause the flip of it is like, well, this is the game I'm making and the story I'm playing come along. If not, see you later or whatever. And then some people are like, you know, when people don't like it. Yeah. It, not that you couldn't come up with something great that way, but, um, you know, they can maybe take it personally or, or whatever. Uh, so starting off with like, well, we're going to run this thing, but we want to give people what they want or we want to listen to what they have to say. I think at least saves you that heartache of like putting, I don't know, eggs in the wrong baskets or whatever the metaphor is. I mean, as long as I've known Andrew and Zach, which has only been for a couple here, a couple years, and I don't know them personally like really well but from what i can tell about them they are the kind of people who are very much like adaptive to change you know they're not i don't think they're not they're not the type of people that i would see like taking stuff like that personally um and it seems like sure you know the rest of their staff is like open-minded as well so especially if i mean if that's your mindset going in um to your game you're already on like a path of like kind of like player discovery. So I don't think you're going to be too upset if, you know, one thing doesn't pan out. It seems like they have like plenty of avenues to like go down as far as like story and plot. Right. Evan, how many characters did you come up with during the show? Uh, confession wasn't actually in the group until halfway through the show. (laughs) (sighs) And then, uh, I started looking through it. The Facebook group. Yeah. The Facebook group. Uh, I actually approved. I only made about two so far. <laughs> oh, wait, I forgot about David Duchovny. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you stole my idea. You can't. Uh, no, it, was, it was playing off your idea. If we had Boulder okay. and David Duchovny, that would be really interesting. <laughs> you need there my you scully, Evan. Uh, sure, yeah. I'll dye my hair. There you go. I think it'll really depend. I don't. I didn't see this. Maybe I missed it. Like, how the uh, the skills in the game, like how many you can have and how you get them and how fast and like so because sure. i like to mix things a lot like i rarely just go straight down one path Power game. <coughs> yeah <laughs> now nah, we all got a little bit of that I, it's, uh, I, I do the same thing when i look at rules i'm like you know this is the type of character i i see something that interests me and then i'm like how can it be the best at that concept mm-hmm. yeah. oh that was the question i was going to ask i kind of forgot about was i had seen a lot of people posting in the closed group and it was always like three different things and I was like, do you like have to pick a bunch? Like, why are people mixing up so much? I was like, does it encourage mixing it up or is it okay to focus on one thing? And Yeah, I don't know if you get to like choose a pathway. There's like three set things you can do. And then in each of those, there's like a list of classes, so to speak. Right. Yeah, there there's was- like three or four roads and each of those had a bunch of paths that were like, yeah. Classes. So I don't know if you get the chance. Uh, and so I think Zach, why well, I had asked Zach in a message, uh, I believe you can pick two different roads and then a total of three different paths. Yeah. Um, so those are, so I think you pick your paths and those are the skills that you're are available to you. And then you put the experience points and the skills you want, I guess essence or something like that. I need to see more of the rule system. Sure. Having <laughs> worked on two, well, three rule systems, I'm now more rules-minded than when I first started LARPing. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's something that, like, I think is, like, really important. And it, it really is what, like, holds my interest, at least to some degree, in wanting to play in a game. What I can see, the outline that I can see so far looks, it looks good. A little disappointed there's no Nerf guns. <laughs> but if it's going to make plot sense... Sure. Who knows? Rest. Rules 2.0. Well, Maybe they'll, do, they'll introduce it. <laughs> yeah. Go go to the game as a you know, gunsmith or whatever, or an engineer, and then 
your whole goal in this magic world is to figure out how to make guns work. And it sounds like they would support that <laughs> if you could somehow make it work. I don't know. I, I feel like they talked to saying. Pat and they were like, no black powder. <laughs> and he wrote that into the rules that there's no black powder. It just disappears. So mm. <laughs> there you go. Pat works at Frontier Dawn. He doesn't let us have black powder. Mm. Really know <laughs> so we means, made but... ritualism. Love you, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> what are your ideas for characters, Ash? Uh, I had one. Actually, I had mostly come up with like just what skills I would pick more so than who that person was in the real world um, but I was trying to look at what like a healer would be um, and from what I could tell doctor was one of the only things that actually like healed like it didn't unless I missed it there didn't seem to be a magical healing kind of thing but yeah and there was also a scholar or researcher I think in the crafting so I thought maybe those two would be an interesting kind of support and like they said, digging into the mysteries and figuring out what's going on in that world might be kind of fun and cool. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us, Zach, Andrew, and Walter. We have been 321 Lay On, Next Level Nerds, number one LARP podcast. Be sure to check out all the awesome podcasts, the number one movie podcast, Next Level Nerd movie podcast. You can't say it without laughing. It's the number not true. one <laughs> gaming <laughs> podcast. Handsome Evan and the Nerd Herds Gaming Podcast and the Top 5 TV Podcast Sugar Frosted Cereal. Damn! <laughs> top 5. Cold-blooded. Uh, and the best TV cereal podcast on the internet, Sugar Frosted Cereal. Just gonna make it about cereal. <laughs> Be sure to like our Facebook pages, uh, the Next Level Nerd one, and 321 Podcast Facebook page, and check out nextlevelnerd.com for all the info on our podcasts and to contact us. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. We'll see you never really ha- happily never after. Do that one again. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's a that's <laughs> what was the other one I said? Ever winter. <laughs> oh, never winter. Never winter, uh, never winter nights, Lord. <laughs> Uh, hey thanks for listening and we'll see you next time LARPers that sucks 3, 2, 1 layoff (laughs) nailed it killing blow 1 killing (laughs) blow 2 killing blow 3 you're dead Ash we sure it's a 3 count somebody (laughs) put put the show out of its (laughs) movie